Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to Affected by Altitude, a Colorado Rockies podcast for and by Rockies fans on Rocky Mountain Rooftop. Thank you for joining us as we discuss all things baseball and Colorado Rockies. Hello and welcome to Affected by Altitude, the Colorado Rockies podcast for Rocky Mountain Rooftop, a proud affiliate of the Fans First Sports Network. I'm your host, Evan Lang, and with me, as always, is Skylar Kivens. I don't have to do the show by myself this week. Yeah, we. Um, I expected to be gone for like a week, not three weeks or more. Uh, went on vacation and then came back extremely sick. Um, you can probably hear it in my voice a little bit, but compared to last week, uh, I sound so much better. So, so we're back. We're back in the saddle, or I'm back in the saddle, rather. Yeah. Um, we tried to have you on last week, but you just kept holding up pieces of paper up towards the screen, and nope, that doesn't work for an audio format. It worked for the YouTubers, but we ended up scrapping the episode. <laughs> He just said, uh, kept saying and calling me incredibly offensive things. I was he just called random, me ugly. I was also randomly gesticulating. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know sign language, <laughs> so just you know, randomly moving around. The worst game of charades we've ever done. Uh, so one thing before we get started, in case you you weren't aware, we do have a uh, t-shirt shop where we are selling a t-shirt. Uh, our that's baseball design. Um, that is inspired by our very own Harry Ralston Black, manager of the Colorado Rockies. Um, you can get that over at rocky-mountain-rooftop at uh, .spreadshirt.com. Uh, every shirt purchase, part of the proceeds goes to helping support the show. But honestly, we might as well just go ahead and get started here. Um, one of the big things that's been going on recently is that Chris Bryant is back on the injured list again, um, which is just real unfortunate because he he had been playing a decent amount this year. Mm-hmm. Um, he played twenty four games in May. I think he's 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 played a large portion of the game so far this season, but he he's on the injured list again, and we have to look at just how much time he spent on the injured list as a Rocky now where he only played, you know, 42 games last year and now he's on the injured list again. And we're not sure when he's, when he's going to be back. But in addition to that, we have the somewhat concerning issue of just his complete lack of power that he's been hitting for this year uh, he has a slugging percentage of 374 
right now um, through 50 games played. He does have five home runs, but they've been they've been pretty few and far between. Mm-hmm. And it's been uh, he has these very long stretches where he's he's not uh, hitting them. And so, Skyler, what do you what's to be done about Chris Bryant here? Because you know the Rockies, as we are, we're all aware, we're paying him a lot of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, a little too much money for a lot of people's tastes. Yeah, this you know it's concerning when no, he's been generally healthy this year. No, for the most part, and he just took a foul ball off his foot, and I'm sure they just took the chance maybe to do a mental reset for him. No, that left heel bruise, I think, is what he's on the injured list for. So maybe the Rockies are looking at that like, Chris, we're just going to give you a week off, a week and a half off, and just to to mental reset physically and make sure you're doing okay. They're going to be cautious with any sort of injury for him. But it's a big dilemma with Chris Bryant where he's in the second year of this huge contract we signed him to. He's supposed to be this marquee player that the Rockies were hoping for, that he was going to no, put up 20 to 25 home runs a year, drive in you know, 80 to 90 RBIs, have a high batting average, all this stuff, and it's just not there. And, yeah, he's played 50 games this year, so he's played all but 10 of the Rockies games this year, which, well, since be- before he went on the injured list, he'd played him the majority of them, almost all of them, which is a good sign. And in the month of April, he, he had a good month. I think we talked about that, where now if not for Elias Diaz's April, he probably wouldn't have been our player of the month in, in some aspects. But yeah, like, like you said, the power is just not there. He's not the Chris Bryant the Rockies signed up for. He is hitting line drives. Hey, that's great. But there's no power. They're nothing but singles, where the majority of his hits, I think all but 11 of them, are for just a single. And then there's the six doubles, five home runs. So 11 extra base hits through 50 games is not a good look for Chris Bryant. And the power's just not there. And it, that's kind of been the concerning thing, I think, for most everybody. We'll take singles, and I, we'd love that he would get hits and get on base. He doesn't strike out a whole ton. He draws his walks, so those levels are pretty good. He hits line drives, which is pretty good he's at the highest line drive rate of his career right now but everything else is just not doing anything where he's hitting the ball the weakest he ever has in his career it's the lowest hard hit rate of his career or or around at the bottom of his career so the power is not there but some other things are but when you pay a guy seven years 182 million dollars you're expecting more dingers and doubles out of that guy, and we're just not getting it. We're just not getting. I think he's on pace for was it like 14 home runs this season, and maybe 20 doubles, which are well below his like career averages. Yeah, it's it's not a lot, and you know, coming into the the month of June here, he he had two home runs in May, which you know, fine, and. But the big issue was his last home run was on May 7th. And he has these long, hot, and cold stretches. And, you know, that's something that's affecting a lot of Rockies hitters. Mm -hmm. You know, Ryan McMahon, who we'll talk about in a minute, went like 103 at-bats in between home runs. Um, But with Chris Bryant, when when you're spending this much money on him to be your sort of star player, and he's playing in, you know he's playing right field or DH and he's not slugging. Um, he's got, and he's got that OPS. That's you know well under 800. He, he's got an OPS this season of 720, which is not amazing. And then you combine that with the fact that he's been pretty defensively terrible as a right fielder. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a negative six defensive run saved this year in right field, you just, when you're paying him this much, seven years, $182 million, that's just, you need a lot more from that guy. And, you know, I, I've, I've said I can deal with Chris Bryant being a high on base percentage guy. And that's what he's, he has been, 
but you don't want that to be shallow because you know who mm-hmm. else we've we've had who have been high on base percentage guys are guys like Jose Iglesias last year and Jonathan Daza. And mm-hmm. you know, we were those are guys who you're not paying, you know, tons of money every season to versus you know, KB, he's on this massive contract. We need him to be more than just an average and on-base guy. That slugging needs to go up. He needs to be driving in more runs. He needs to be a little bit more of a of a heavy contributor here. He's got mm-hmm. under he's got under twenty RBIs. Um, he's got less RBIs than CJ Crone, who hasn't played in like two plus weeks. Uh, than Jerks and Profar, he's just... He and, has and about I, the same as Harold Castro. Yeah, and Harold Castro is on a uh, veteran minimum deal. So that's not... <laughs> it's just frustrating to watch, especially when we have right now with, with KB on the injured list, we have guys like Nolan Jones playing right field, and he's been pretty solid. Uh, and we've got other guys up and around who, you know, the, the rookies, and we'll talk about them later, who are, are starting to get the job done. And, you know, KB with this gigantic immovable contract and the, the injuries. And, and I'll say for the injuries this year, you mentioned he played, he's played 50 games. And, you know, he's one of only six Rockies players who have played 50 or more games so far this season. So the injuries themselves are not really that big of a problem this year, but you can't help but think, well, he spent all year, pretty much all year last year on the IL. He's on the IL again, and he just hasn't been as big of a contributor as you want him to be. Yeah, absolutely. Because when you're paying a guy that much, you need more out of him. And the less he does, on this contract, the less home runs and like extra base hits, like we'll just drop it down aside from home runs, just extra base hits in general, a big contributor in that lineup, getting on base, being an offensive threat in that lineup. The less he does that, the worse and more perplexing this, why the Rockies gave him this contract in the first place becomes more and more apparent because like you mentioned, there's young guys that they have that he's technically kind of blocking that are making the most of their opportunity. Nolan Jones, he plays a mean right field. He's a pretty good defender, and he's learning some other positions. Elaris Montero, he's got that power bat. The less Bryant does, the more perplexing of, why is he here in Colorado? And when you're a superstar, I was watching MLB Network uh, the other day, and they brought up this conversation of you know, signing these superstars on these mega deals, and you're not just buying the player, you're buying the person. Guy to expect to be a huge veteran leader, to do a leader, be a leader in the community, and doing all this stuff. And so, if, if I'm sure Brian's doing a lot of that other stuff, community is charity work, working with guys in the clubhouse, kind of being that that silent leader. But he's still got to complement that with elite production on the field, and we're just not getting that. And I think a lot of it boils down to this is the same with Ryan McMahon where some of the things they do, I think they're just some minor tweaks away from going on those big hot streaks. And for Chris Bryan, it's figuring out how he can tap back into that power, hit the ball harder. Because if you look at a spray chart, everything he hits, it's like a pole ball through the, through the left side, just grounders into left field His most, I think half of his doubles have come from a rip down the third baseline. And, and half and half of his doubles isn't even that many doubles. Yeah. He just has six on the year so far, and he only had two in the entire month of May. Yeah. And, and you look at his flyouts, you know, a ball that it's hit in the air, he doesn't really have any hits that are landing you know, anywhere close to the warning track in the gaps. So if you think it just a general baseball field in the gaps, specifically even at Coors Field, if he does hit a line drive into the gap, it's getting cut off before it can even roll to the wall. Or if he hits a ball in the air, it's not traveling that far. And Chris Bryant's a good hitter. And we know he's a good hitter. We know what he can provide. And so it's I think it's going to come down to what can he work with, you know, Bam Bam Mullins and the and the hitting staff, hitting coach staff, 
of how can they get him where he's hitting the ball consistently and hard, hitting it with some authority because he's got quick hands. He's got a good stance. And I, I wrote about this in a article looking at StatCast. I think 60% of his home runs, so 60% of those five home runs he has, have been classified as no doubters. So when he connects and it taps into that power, he crushes balls. There's no doubt that they go out. He's just not doing it consistently enough, and that's what's worrisome because he's only getting older. And then this is happening for a 30, what, 32-year-old, 33-year-old. This is happening in 31 and a half. Yeah, So, and this is happening in year two of a seven-year deal, and he's already not hitting for power at this rate. It's not looking good. Yeah, when when your guy is in year two of a seven-year deal and is worth negative 0.4 R war. <laughs> it's not good, Cotton. Uh, it's a bold strategy. Yeah, it's not going to work. And hopefully, oh, Bam Bam Mullins, because I still believe in Chris Bryant. We, we know his pedigree and what he can do. And there's glimpses that we've seen of that this year. When he's on and getting on base and making solid contact, he's an elite hitter. And just watching his mechanics and everything, it's there. There's probably just some tampering they need to do to get him back to to where he was. No, 2021 form. 2020, 2019 form. We're never going to get MVP Chris Bryant ever again. Yeah, that's... 2016 Chris Bryant is 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 well in the past. Long gone. But you at least want him to have a positive wins above replacement. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, Brenton Doyle has 0.5 right now. Mm-hmm. And and you know, it's it's just rough because you know, I like KB and I I liked the signing when we brought him in. I thought it was a really good uh really good move to go ahead and bring him on in, but right now we just need him to deliver more than he actually is. Yeah. And that's going to come down. That's going to show, you know, aside from outside of KB of what is the Rockies organization capable of? Cause they need to prove themselves that we can bring players in and make them better instead of sometimes on the opposite end with, especially these big free agent position players they've brought in the last few haven't panned out really. Uh, Ian Desmond, that fizzled out pretty quick. Daniel Murphy, that fizzled out really quick. Chris Bryant, it's not looking great at the beginning here. So they they need to prove that we can bring in even these aged veterans and we can make them better. Or we've evaluated guys knowing that they can get better instead of, well, he was an MVP in 2016. Let's sign him. What's funny is that the two cheapest ones are two of the better performing ones in Jose Iglesias and Harold Castro, both who, you know, Jose, Jose Iglesias had a pretty solid season with the Rockies last year, ended up hitting around 300. And then, you know, Harold Castro has really uh, been playing more and more second base for the Rockies and is, is hitting fairly well. uh, All things considered his, um, Mm -hmm. To, you know, he definitely has work work to do. He's very similar to how Jose Iglesias was was hitting for us last year. But it's just funny when, you know, two of the best, you know, veterans that you bring in are are the guys that are on the cheapest deals. Yeah. And <laughs> the pure thing, and I think that comes down to the Rockies evaluations and, and other stuff we've talked about, front office stuff, the dynamics in there, just I don't know what's happening up there with a lot of stuff, but it's it's just perplexing that they just keep missing on these big free agent contracts with position players when, man, you used to have a lot better options that were in-house. But who knows? But we still believe in KB, and hopefully you can figure it out. Yeah. You know, I... All is not lost, and there's still plenty of season once he gets back from his, mm-hmm. his injury to turn it around. And I think it's definitely something he can do. But if we're still saying everything that we're saying at the end of the season, that's when we have got a for sure problem on our hands. Mm-hmm. If he can get to that 14 projected home runs, 
Like that'll be better than nothing, but I need him to get to double digit home runs. I need him to have a, a big month. So if he can come back and have at least like one huge month, especially near the end of the season, like you're saying, and show signs of he's getting better and he's getting back into some form, feels healthy and he's hitting dingers, he's driving in runs, that'll be better. But if he comes back and he's still just plopping singles everywhere, that's when you start getting a little worried at the end of the season. Like, five more years of this? That's when you've got to start looking at, all right, now how do we get out of this contract? Yeah, and that's the worrisome part is, like, there's really no way to move this. (laughs) The other day I was like, man, they should have put an opt-out. No, he wouldn't have taken that opt-out with the way he's performing. A team opt-out would have been nice. Yeah, it's it's tough. But, you know, at the end of the day, like we said, we've we've got time. He's got time. It's if we're going into year three and this is still a problem, then we've got a big issue. But, you know, it, it's only just now June. And mm-hmm. sometimes guys take a minute to figure it out. Uh, guys like Ryan McMahon, who we will talk about right after this really quick ad break. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. (laughs) welcome back to affected by altitude i'm evan lang and with me is skylar timmons and we're going to talk about uh the the really nice you know last week or so that ryan mcmahon has had um ryan mcmahon didn't really get himself a great start to the season but over the last you know week week and a half two weeks he's really just been completely locked in um, had a fan had a really good month of May, and then especially over the last few weeks has been really good. And we we mentioned it in uh, the first segment where he went like 103 at bats without a home run, and then he finally uncorked one, and he's been a lot more like the hitter that we know he can be. After mm-hmm. that, uh, we look at his last 10 games going back to May 25th. And he has an OPS of 1.556. So he's slashing 487, 556, 1,000 with five home runs and 15 RBIs, a triple and three doubles. He has looked fantastic at the plate. And that's not even to mention how he's been once moved back to third base, his usual incredible self as a defender he's been absolutely fantastic at third base to the point where you know as much as it was good that alaris montero was getting an opportunity at the beginning of the season this really is where he belongs Mm -hmm. yeah he's figuring it out i think it's now he had a rough month of may but he kind of salvaged it with that last week and a half that last week Oh, I think it was about May 25th against Miami. He goes two for three. Yeah, two for three, a couple of walks. And no, pretty good. And then he hits. Then the Mets series comes in and he uncorks 
a home run in three straight games. And then, what was it, four straight games? But then they went to Arizona and he hits one in the first game there. So he figured something out. And I think a lot of it was tinkering with Bam Bam Mullins and, and the, the coaching staff to, to tinker with his swing a little bit to where he's getting to the baseball and figuring out his swing where he's actually getting to the baseball and, and hit it. Because when Ryan McMahon makes contact, dude's smoking the ball. And we talk, I talked about this last week in the solo episode, and it just so happened that the episode came out right after he had his big weekend, or after I was talking about where he was struggling. But it's his results are now turning in his favor. There's probably some luck involved, just the way baseball goes, where he's just getting a little bit more lucky with where his balls are going. But he, he's figured something out, I think, where you can watch him. His swing seems a little quicker, a little more direct to the ball because that's what I think rival executive scouts that Patrick Saunders kept reporting on that some other scout wasn't their evaluation of him was that he's got quick hands, but he's got this long loopy swing that's making him late on everything. That's why he's fouling off so many baseballs, why he would make contact. It'd kind of be a sharp liner into the ground towards somebody, or he just straight up strike out because he's whiffing. So yeah, yeah, I think had, he shortened things up and it's it's working out. Yeah, we we had mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, but he just had this colossal hole in his swing mm-hmm. where he wasn't it's just he wasn't like chasing pitches out of the zone, but he was striking out a lot on pitches in the zone where he just wasn't making contact. And you're right in that his swing looks so much better. And you look at the um, the beginning of May through May 24th, so right before he sort of started popping off he was hitting 186, 269, 286. No home runs. He had gone pretty much the entire month of May up to that point without a home run. And he had struck out 23 times to eight walks. And it, it, it's tough because there were definitely adjustments he needed to make, and I'm glad that he's he's finally made them. But now he's, he's in the second year of this big contract extension, and, you know, last year he, he definitely underperformed. And this year he had, he had just been off to a tough start. And that's got to put a lot of pressure on you because, you know, in addition to guys like, like Chuck, Ryan McMahon is really one of the on-field captains of this team mm-hmm. where he is, he, is the, he is the veteran leadership at this point. And when you're, you're struggling like that, it's, it's – really hard to you know keep on top of that kind of thing and inspire others especially all the rookies who are on the team right now and so i'm really happy to be to be watching him turn it around and i'm hoping that he can keep this momentum going throughout uh the rest of the season because as we know he's an excellent defender and he has such potential in that bat of his that he's just never really fully tapped into and if uh-huh. this can be the point where he's finally fully fully tapping into that offensive potential then he can be a, a truly special player he can be an all-star he can be a winner and uh-huh. and that's what i want for him yeah and i think the big thing for him is no, understanding who he is and just kind of normalizing things where I think the goal, especially for Ryan McMahon, is to just maintain consistency where he doesn't go into those huge, gigantic slumps, you know, 103 some odd bats without a home run and then pops off a couple and is hot for a week and then goes cold for another month. So it's finding that consistency in his approach and early signs hopefully he can keep it up because he's got that average up pretty pretty nicely and that ops and everything and it's just that difference of okay humbling being humble enough to take what the coaches are telling you and implementing implementing that and realizing that there were things that needed to change instead of just the excuse of i'm just not performing well i need to execute better what does that even mean Whenever they say that, I always wonder, like, what does it mean to execute better? You're swinging a bat at a ball. And and now he's figuring out some things, which is good signs. And, yeah, we've got him for the long run. 
and he's got to start performing. And now as he starts to show better hints of that, continue improvement, same as with Chris Bryant. Once they can show him some improvement, those deals look a lot better and you can stomach them a lot better. Yeah, so. it's 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 always the consistency that matters the most. Mm-hmm. Like it's the same issue that we've had with CJ Cron since last year's All-Star break where he has these wild hot and cold streaks or Elias Diaz over the last 2 years where he starts the season just ice ice cold mm-hmm. and then eventually turns it on or in the case of last year really never really got to the point where he needed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, of course, this year he's been fantastic. And we need Ryan to be consistent because his glove is consistent. But we need his bat to be consistent. He is a he is a good player. But to be the best player that he can be, consistency is key. Yeah, he, he's kind of in a vein following the trajectory of Matt Chapman. If you've kind of followed him... He went over to Toronto, and you know, the, the defense was still good, but his bat was just horrendous in the average department. But he'd get on a, a hot power streak and be knocking dingers. He's having a pretty good year this year, but Matt Chapman's average has never been that good as an on-base guy, but he's got the power potential. And you're kind of and he's setting himself up for a nice payday this year. But it's kind of that same vein of, well, Ryan McMahon don't necessarily want to follow the the trajectory of Matt Chapman, both gold glove caliber players with power potential. But we need Mac to, to get a little bit more consistency with the bat where he's more well-rounded instead of just the all or nothing strikeout or home run type of guy. Yeah. And then, of course, as we are recording this uh ryan mcmahon is 0 for 4 with three strikeouts today against the kansas city royals and so we need to hope that he's not going into a cold streak or anything like that because we need him to be one of the leaders on this offense and of course the offense today not getting it done at all poor kyle freeland again with zero runs of support which has been an ongoing theme for his road starts but you you just have to hope that after the day off tomorrow, Ryan McMahon's going to come back out and go, okay, that was the fluke instead of that is the norm. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a whole lot of problems with that offense that we could dive into, but we won't today. But, yeah, McMahon is one of those guys. He's got to figure out to take charge of that lineup because he's batting three-hole now for the time being. So. You know who's not been a problem, though? Nolan Jones. I was going to say Profar. Profar, too. But we have a lot of uh, a lot of kids on this team right now who are, are getting the job done, and Nolan Jones is really sort of leading the charge over the last week, where Nolan Jones, you know, he had his first call-up, and just they didn't play him. They did that infuriating thing over that Seattle series where he sat on the bench the entire time. I'm sure he got to see the Space Needle. It's a nice dinner. I mean, Seattle's a nice city, but I think I'd much rather I think I'd much rather be playing and he's really making the most of this new opportunity. So he's started a bunch of games as well. He got called up to I think it was May 26th. He was called back up and he has started he started, you know, eight games since then. So in the in the last you know week and a half, he started eight games. He started both at first place and in right field, and he's been hitting really, really well. Uh, you know, hitting to, in today's game, he's got you know two pretty crisp singles. He got his first home run um, against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Something that I hope we can look forward to to many, many more of, and you know. Right now, he's hitting 345 with an OPS of, of 919. He's definitely been a nice, a nice shot in the arm of youth that uh, a lot of uh, the younger guys have really been. You've got Nolan Jones, you've got Ezekiel Tovar, who's really, really started to turn it on for his rookie campaign, and Brenton Doyle, who, as I mentioned before, 
uh, has a 0.5 wins above replacement per baseball reference right now. And then Alaris Montero is finally back up with the team. And so, Skylar, what are your thoughts on sort of the, the youth movement where the kids are finally playing? They're playing regularly. <laughs> yeah, it's one of two things. It's good to see them playing. It's also just frustrating of the only reason that they are playing right now, aside from like Ezekiel Tovar and Brenton Doyle, the only reason that Nolan Jones and Montero get playing time is simply because of injuries. Otherwise, they'd still be down in AAA. Uh, Albuquerque, more than likely, from what it seems like. But it's good to see them playing, learning, and growing. There's still some you know, things you look at. You're like, man, this is the reason he was sent down in the first place, and we need him to, to figure it. The team needs to figure out how to help him with this. You know, it was Nolan Jones. Does well, <laughs> I think, what, one walk coming into today's game and 10 strikeouts here on Sunday. So there's still that strikeout problem for him, but he's offsetting that with just making contact, getting hits. He has though, a couple of, a little handful of doubles, the home run. It's we, it's good to see them learning and growing and he's learning a position at first base. Hasn't been horrendous there, but he's learning it showing his defensive capabilities. Uh, it's nice to see them at least getting the chance to grow without that added pressure on them. But it still goes back to what we were talking about earlier. The organization has to prove that they can make their players better position players better and not just expect them to figure it out on their own. But because these guys all have potential and we need the organization, the organization needs to embrace them and turn their weaknesses into strengths and they make their strengths even stronger. So uh, hopefully they can do that because these guys have the potential. It's good to see them making the most of their opportunities now as rookies and young players because we need them. We need them. Definitely. And, you know, Jones, I think, you know, you can look at his, his strikeouts and stuff and be like, well, yeah, that's kind of a problem, but his his Rockies debut on the field was May 26th. He's played about a week and a half with the actual team. So you usually need a little bit of time to find some rhythm. And the fact that he is hitting as well as he is right now is something I am perfectly satisfied with. The, the, the real standout to me is... You know, Brenton Doyle, who's been an immediate impact to this team. And then Ezekiel Tovar, who's really, really starting to figure it out. You know, in, in April and early May, he his bat especially was, was not quite there yet. He was still struggling against major league hitting. But he's pulled his he's pulled his average up to mid to to the mid two hundreds. Uh his on base percentage is something that definitely needs work, but what he is uh, providing that is valuable is that he's driving in runs. Um, you know, he has 23 RBIs on the season, which, you know, is, is up there for, for one of the best marks on the team. He's tied with uh, Jerickson Profar for fourth right now, which, you know, does also say a lot about this team that we're not getting nearly enough RBIs. But the fact that this rookie is making a big impact and is finally starting to make an impact with his bat because we knew his glove was there. His glove's been been pretty good all year and has been especially good recently where he is the fourth best defensive shortstop right now in all of baseball with six defensive runs saved. That's yeah. fantastic for a rookie. Yeah, we've been toting on him, I think, like most of the month of May. Almost every episode is about Brenton Doyle and Ezekiel Tovar. And it, it's good to see him that they've committed to those guys fully and they're getting the opportunity to to shine and grow and figure some things out you know, in the midst of the season. You know, even when Tovar was struggling, or even Doyle was kind of struggling, they kept him in there, one, because those guys played great defense, and then just kind of let him figure it out offensively you know, at the bottom of the order. I know people have complained about them hitting in the bottom of the order. That's a good place for them. You know, this first season as rookies, let them figure some things out. There's a little less pressure at the bottom of the lineup and they're making the most of it by driving in runs and scoring runs. So it, 
that's the nice part about all these rookies or the younger guys playing is when they're getting opportunities, they're making the most of them, regardless of where they are in the lineup. They're getting it done defensively and then figuring out working through some things offensively. And that's all you can ask of a rookie. Yeah, and they're they, they add much needed speed to this team. Tovar's mm-hmm. finally starting to get stolen bases in as part of his um major league portfolio because he stole a lot of bases in the minors. He he uh, he's a quick kid, but he really hadn't done much on the base pass and the Rockies in general haven't really been much uh to steal bases, but it's been uh Brenton Doyle especially and now Ezekiel Tovar getting those steals in. Yeah. And then Brenton Doyle, his defense, it says a lot that he is the only member of the Rockies outfield to have a DRS above zero. Speed helps him with that quite a bit. He's got he's got the legs for it. And then he uses that speed on the base pass because he is just a machine at stealing bases. He has eight stolen bases, which is more than any other person on the team and double that of the next guy up, which is Rymac at four. <laughs> uh, I don't know what to say to that. It's just funny. <laughs> we don't, we just don't steal bases. I'm pretty sure that we have still some of the, the fewest stolen bases in the whole league right now. Got to get on base to steal bases. Ain't that the truth. And you got to have some speed and our team is slower than molasses. We have some guys that are fairly quick and some guys who are deceptively quick. You know, Ryan McMahon is is pretty quick. And I think people don't really think about him as a, a speedster or having, you know, necessarily quickness because he's a you know, third baseman. Alan Trejo has also been pretty big on quick on the base pass. He's got four steals this year. But yeah, we just we don't steal bases as a team. And maybe we Bud have, Maybe Bub Black just hates them because he's a pitcher. <laughs> and so he's just adverse to like to, to heck with to heck with that. I'll let one or two guys steal, but no. Yeah, the Rockies have the fewest stolen bases in the league right now at 22. And <laughs> over so over a third of that is Brenton Doyle. Mm-hmm. What was it? Corbin Carroll or whoever for the <laughs> Diamondbacks says like more than Pretty much the entire Rockies, almost. The Arizona Diamondbacks have a ton of stolen bases, and I'm pretty sure that Corbin Carroll had something in the high teens when we were playing he's, them. He's got like 15 now, 15 plus. He is so fast to the point where when he is not running or sprinting, it looks weird to me. <laughs> like they sh- during our series against Diamondbacks, he was just sort of you know like mulling around walking off the diamond i'm like he looks like he doesn't know how to walk normally he looks like he only knows how to run at full speed gotta go fast that diamondbacks they do go fast the rockies gotta go faster gotta go faster faster sonic x reference for the kids out there i cannot believe how long ago that was i feel so old now Mm mm-hmm Good old four kids TV on Fox. Well, before four kids TV, it was the Fox box. Yeah, it was always constantly changing. Just like when yeah, it there, used to be WB kids and then it WB and then it became CW. There was no consistency after the, after they shed the Fox kids moniker, mm-hmm. but we're going to take another quick break here. And when we get back, we have some uh, some cleanup to do for the month of May as we head deeper into the month of June here. So stick around and we'll be right back. <clears throat> Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us through that ad break. And Skylar, it's it's the end of May. May is over. And you know what that means, right? Uh, let's see. April showers bring May flowers. What do May flowers bring? Well, for the Rockies, it's the June swoon. It's pilgrims, dang it. What? <laughs> Is, I don't I don't get that. Is that a reference to something? The Mayflowers? Mayflowers bring over pilgrims. <sighs> <laughs> Got him. 
Thanks, everyone, for listening to another episode of Affected by Altitude. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. At... Just kill the episode now. <coughs> We're done. <coughs> Heck, we'll do it live. Me. There. See, Skyler, you're literally killing me here. <laughs> but no, the end of May means it's time to talk about our players of the month. Oh. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> you, you've done this before we've been here before uh, got to be surprised it's how every episode's got to work <laughs> for those who haven't been here before basically at the end of every at the end of every month we select our may players of the month that is a position player a pitcher and the overall mvp for the month of may and i think i'll i'll go ahead and start with the the player of the month for me position player has still got to be Elias Diaz. He has absolutely been the Rockies most valuable hitter all season. And then he continued that in the month of May where he has a team leading OPS in May of 896 with four home runs and 16 RBI that just one less than the, the team best that Ryan McMahon had with 17 for the month. And he, he does not strike out. He only struck out 15 times in the entire month of May while drawing eight walks. His on-base percentage is 372. He's he's getting it done with every facet. He's been playing uh, excellent defensive catcher this year, which a, a big step up. He kind of struggled defensively behind the plate last year, but this year he's been great. And in May especially, he's continued to keep that bat just just really hot and been one of the most valuable Rockies at the plate in addition to being on the field. So that's why he's my position player of the month. Yeah, and I'll jump on because he's mine as well. Uh, it's hard to, to look anybody else. There's some honorable mentions like Randall Gritchick had a good month. Charlie Blackman had a good month. We talked about Ryan McMahon. The ideas is still getting it done on both sides of the ball. Uh, Diaz for the All-Star game. Go vote now. Now. Vote. Vote. You get five votes a day. Do it. Do it now. That means you should be voting for Elias Diaz five times. Go, you should be voting for Elias Diaz. Uh, <laughs> Arnold said so. <laughs> I turn into Jorgen von Jorgensen or whatever from Fairly Odd Parents. It was Jorgen von Strangle. Oh, yeah. That was uh, Timmy Turner. But Elias Diaz, he's getting it done on both sides of the ball. Even in this era of the stolen base now and the bigger bases and a lot more stolen bases. He's probably still among top in the league of cutting down runners. Uh, had a rough time with the Diamondbacks, but who wouldn't? Because they're a very fast team. But he's getting done on both sides of the ball and is bad cleanup for the Rockies. A um, little bit more power. And hopefully he can get some more dingers. But yeah, solid, solid, solid pick there for Offensive Player of the Month. Where it gets a little bit trickier for me is thinking about who the um, who the pitcher for the month of May is. Um, in, in May, some of our guys struggled a little bit more, especially towards the end of the month, um, <clears throat> than they did in April, especially with what has been a big issue is the overuse of the overuse of the bullpen, where we had four guys that had 10 plus appearances out of the bullpen for the Rockies. Mm-hmm. Um those four being Pierce Johnson, Justin Lawrence, Brent Suter, and Jake Bird, um, just because of how inconsistent that Rockies rotation has been. Um, <clears throat> it's a it's a tough call because all of those guys have been really valuable, but I think I'm going to go with Jake Bird. Um, Jake Bird has really had uh, a strong May in addition to a, a strong majority of his season where – he started out strong and then had a, a little bit of a hiccup in the middle of April. Or, um, but after that, he's he's really been one of the one of the best pitchers in the in the Rockies bullpen. In 13 appearances, he has an ERA of 1.65 over 16 and one third innings. He's only given up one home run and he struck out 16 for a WHIP of 1.10. Batters are hitting just 203 against him right now. He's been a very good, very reliable reliever for this team. Yeah, and, and especially because a lot of those outings, he's called on to to mop up a couple of innings, like two, sometimes even three innings. It's been a solid dude out of that bullpen. 
Yeah, especially he he's one of the most used relievers in the league as a whole. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the crazy thing for me is just how often we are using him and he just he hasn't really fallen off yet. Yeah, there's a there's a bump in the road every now and then there always is going to be. But at the end of the day, he's going out there and he's he's getting it done. Mm-hmm. And and I really like that from him. I I liked Jake Bird a lot last year, and I think he had great potential. And you know, he had a little bit of a some trouble in in spring training with that oblique strain, and where he he didn't make the make the team originally out of spring training, and then ended up when Daniel Bard got um, sent onto the IL, he ended up getting the call, and now he's been one of the Rockies' most reliable pitchers up there with guys like Suter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and him and Justin Lawrence, like it. it <laughs> I don't think anybody would get mad, even if we just put those three as just kind of a conjoined pitcher MVP type of thing for the month, because that bullpen's been solid with how many innings they have to eat up. Um, but just for the sake sake of variety, because uh, I think we've given Jake Bird a lot of love. I think I was thinking of MVP in terms of like for the player of the month pitching wise in the rotation where Chase Anderson has come in and just kind of been a a nice revelation in that rotation coming over from the dime from the, the uh, Tampa Bay Rays made three starts in May pitched 15 and two thirds innings. So he was still on kind of a a little pitch count. I was still trying to stretch him out a bit, but posted a 1.72 ERA in the month of May in those three starts, three runs on 13 hits, one home run allowed, eight strikeouts, four walks. Uh, did have a couple of hit by pitches, so he's still fine tuning that command. But a 1.085 whip, well, in a rotation that has been so just dis- dismantled this season, to have Chase Anderson come in as a veteran from another organization and has pitched perfectly fine at home or on the road he has been solid and even his one start here in june so far fantastic uh, he, he's done his job and coming over and so it's much love i just kind of give the bullpen at this point like jake bird and them they're going to kind of get the emeritus says it's kind of the honorable mention every year because much like the NBA voters, I can't justify giving it to a guy multiple months in a row again and again. Uh, I, I think that's <laughs> totally fair, though, with with Chase Anderson, where and this is a guy who <clears throat> is several years removed from being a regular rotation guy and, and having success. And he didn't start this season in the rotation when he was with the both the Reds and the uh, the Rays at the beginning of the season, he was strictly a bullpen guy and the Rockies brought him in and started stretching him out. And it's taken a bit, you know, it's take, it took four games um, for him to finally get up to, to six innings. Um, But he notched his first quality start here in this series against the Royals. And he's only given up, you know, one or two runs maximum in, every one of his outings so far. And is he probably overperforming right now? Yeah. Probably. Um, if you look at his FIP and XFIP, they're considerably higher. But right now, with how much of a funk this Rockies rotation has been in, this rotation has been bad. There, there's no way around it where, in addition to the injuries, guys are just not getting it done. Um, some of the fewest... Uh, strikeouts, some of the fewest innings worked, some of the most runs allowed by a rotation of Major League Baseball. So to have Chase Anderson come in really out of nowhere, and and we were all a little worried of like, uh, Chase Anderson is, are, are the Rockies going to bring him in and make him start? And they did. But he's been great mm-hmm. for his first four starts with his team. And in the first three starts there in May where we really needed some consistency out of the rotation, it was Chase Anderson that was providing that. Yeah, so I don't mention all those because Jake Bird, absolutely perfect pick. He probably would be it, but Jace Anderson needs some love. And, and in terms of just carrying the team that's needing starting pitching, he's getting it done, which is good to see. And 
hopefully you can keep it keep it going here in the month of June. Yeah, it's going to be tough, and the rotation is going to continue to be weird. But hopefully, we can just continue to rely on on Chase Anderson just for a little bit longer, at least. Mm-hmm. Just he's just got to hold on a little bit longer. <laughs> uh, but who would you say your MVP is for the month? Oh man, I would say the bullpen. Actually, I would break our own rules and just say the <laughs> bullpen in general because I kind of want to do that. <laughs> I'm breaking the rules. I'm saying the bullpen. I came up with the rules. I'm breaking them, Evan. Except I think that's I think that's pretty fair because if you pull up the bullpen in May, they've been pretty good. Yeah. And you know, unfortunately the <clears throat> the ERA for pitching overall for the Rockies is still going to be pretty high. There's there's not a whole lot we can do about that. But you look at how much that is, how much that is skewed in between the two. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in May, like I said, we had multiple guys who were 10 plus outings. Uh, Daniel Bard, as well, has made 10 appearances in May and had an ERA of like 0. 0.079 or something. May is May is the month where this rotation really just completely collapsed. We yeah. lost Herman. We lost Senzatela again. We lost Noah Davis. We lost Ryan Feltner. Like Carl that, Kaufman just, didn't pan out. Denelson Lamette is starting now. It's the, the, the rotation really just collapsed. And w- the fact that we ended up finishing May, not that far below 500 which is, you know, a shock because this team with how they were in April was terrible. This was a mm-hmm. terrible team in April, nine wins in the entire month of April. But then you turn it around and you look at how they did in May where, <clears throat> excuse me, in May they went 15 and 13. That's a huge turnaround in comparison. Mm-hmm. And so much of that is because the bullpen is coming in and picking up the rotation. And we we all know that it's not sustainable how this is operating right now. But right now, the bullpen is the MVP for this team. Yeah, because even with, you know, you can take out Fernando Abad. You can take him out. Riley Pints, one little outing. And Fernando Abad. Matt Caracity, after his rough first appearance, he's been solid you know, to end out May. Pierce Johnson has had some hiccups there in the ninth inning here and there, but still has been fairly somewhat reliable throughout the month. And then the main guys, Jake Bird, you know, Brent Suter, Justin Lawrence, those three at the top have just been mowing guys down, eating a bunch of innings. And then Peter Lambert, has shown glimpses in extended, you know, long relief, piggybacking, has shown glimpses of being really good. And I think with as many innings as the that bullpen's had to eat this season, specifically in the month of May, after the collapse of that bullpen, this team should be in a much, much worse spot than they are. And it's thanks to that bullpen kind of riding the ship and giving that offense a chance to win some of those games that they found themselves in an early hole and then bullpen comes in. Oh, they've combined for five or six innings of one run ball. Like, dang, did we win? No, we lost (laughs) three to two. And, and for guys like Peter Lambert with, with him just eating innings right now, we're just happy to have him on the field after Mm -hmm. he, he really hasn't played because think of how, how that could have gone. Look at what just happened to Ryan Rollison, where he just got, pulled back off the field after being gone for like two years with injuries. And there was a lot to be worried about with Lambert, but the fact that he's pitching consistently and he's pitching all right is, is something to be really happy about. And then you have Matt Karasidi who that's a heck of a comeback story right there where he hadn't pitched in the major league since 2019. Uh, he had Tommy John last year and his first outing against a really tough Texas Rangers squad he got blown up. Uh, all of our pitchers did. The Rangers 
kicked us in the teeth. But then since that outing, he's made four appearances, eight and two-thirds innings, one walk, four strikeouts, no earned runs, mm-hmm. with a batting average against for opponents of 133. Like, Karasidi's been good. And, and, you know, it's another one of those things where is he probably overperforming right now? Maybe. But he's he's being one of two quality innings-eating guys in a bullpen that's being asked to do a lot. And a lot of guys are doing extra work. You know, Brent Suter and Jake Bird frequently working extra innings. Justin Lawrence frequently having to work a little bit more than one inning. So to have guys like Lambert and Karasidi who are going to be able to eat two, three innings of work after the after the rotation um, guy makes their exit is so important. Mm-hmm. Or when they come in, guys on base, they need to shut out an inning to get one to get an out, and then have to pitch one more inning. You know, they're they're just they're carrying the team, which team can never find balance. Where the one year where the bullpen's really good, everything else is terrible. After years of the bullpen being terrible and everything else is fairly decent. Anyways, so yeah, I, I think we're, oh, what are we in agreement? We're breaking the rules and calling I, the bullpen MVP. I think so. I think, <laughs> I think the situation that we've had specifically calls for the rules to be broken at this point. Indeed. Because when the rotation is as belaggered and broken and battered as it is right now, we're basically calling anybody off the street. Hey, you, can you start? Yeah, Can you throw four innings, please. And, and and Elias Diaz isn't the reason they're fifteen and thirteen on the month. No, yeah. he's the best offensive player, but he's not the reason they had a much better month. No, a big part of it, but the Rockies were carried by that bullpen, and those guys are they're troopers. They're <laughs> they are the fireman squad, the Absolutely. fire department. They're just eating stuff up and keeping things alive. Absolutely, they are. 100% agree. Good stuff. Well, that's really going to do it for us here today. Um, One last thing we can touch on really quick before we go. All-Star voting is live. You can vote for your Colorado Rockies to be in the All-Star game. Uh, Skyler, on your ballot, you can include pitchers as well. Who would you have as Rockies representatives for the All-Star game? Uh, Elias Diaz, catcher. We need a real man, not that 15-year-old-looking weirdo Will Smith <laughs> uh, and big booty Sean Murphy. He's fine. You can do with him, but vote for <laughs> vote for Elias Diaz. Uh, and then we'll throw Ryan McMahon on there at third base. He's not going to win because we know who will, but still, I'd give him some love. And then uh, pitchers-wise, we I think we just talked about him. Like Tyler, or not Tyler Kinley, he's not back yet. Jake Bird, Brent Suter, Justin Lawrence. Any of those three guys would be good as relievers. And I think it was Mike Petriello, whatever his name is. He had a kind of a mock one at one point, and he had Kyle Freeland as one of his all-stars. And so I will say that too. K-Free, because he's had a solid year. Yeah, despite that four and seven record. (laughs) Kyle's been interesting because one, he's getting no run support. Over his last four road starts, I believe, he's gotten zero runs of support. So that's a big issue. And he has had, he's had the two blowups. Neither of those were good. But outside of those, he's been, he's been very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, on my ballot, I think definitely Elias Diaz. Uh, I'm going to throw the wild card in there. I think Ezekiel Tovar, if he continues to play like he is, could have a realistic shot. Yeah. Or at least uh, get some votes. And I, I definitely agree with you on Ryan McMahon as well, where he can he can probably get some votes as well. Same same trio of relievers. And then, honestly, I pretty much agree with, with, with everybody you mentioned. I'm just adding in Ezekiel Tovar there. Yeah. And maybe Profar as an honorable mention. that Because <laughs> despite his numbers, he did have that gigantic on-base streak. What was it? Which is, is it 37 games? Yeah, I, I think so. So that's like what <laughs> seventh or eighth in franchise history. <laughs> so he's doing some things, but yeah, I think we're <laughs> slim pickings, and I think we just gushed on everybody that w- probably would end up on there. 
pretty much. And, you know, if we're being realistic, the Rockies are probably going to have another year where they only have one all-star and it's the, the one that gets decided on by the coaches and players. So yeah. And the lead you know, we'll see, but you can help if you go out and vote for guys like Elias Diaz on your ballot, you know, you can vote five times a day. So get out the vote. Chop, chop. We'll have to start our campaigning on, on the Twitter. Pokemon go to the polls. <laughs> oh no <laughs> that lost her the election i don't think that was it but it certainly didn't help <laughs> it certainly didn't help which one of us is gonna howard dean scream <laughs> <laughs> ah! now that lost him the election <laughs> <laughs> or, or we can just start the mudslinging on twitter towards will smith but it'll just be very baseless things that aren't based on his stats he smells. <laughs> he plays for the Dodgers, so that's enough reason to. That's enough reason guy. not to vote for him. <laughs> Anyways, Alrighty. Skyler, where can the folks find you at? You can find me on the Twitters at, at sideline underscore crowd, and then always over there on uh, on uh, purplerow.com writing Wednesday rock piles. Excellent. And you can find me at, at Evan underscore Lang27 on Twitter. I would love to hear from you. You can also find me on purplerow.com writing the Thursday rock piles. You can hit us up at, at Rocky Mountain Rooftop. That's at R-O-C-K-Y-M-T-N Rooftop on Twitter, the official Twitter account of Rocky Mountain Rooftop, as well as at Altitude Effect for this specific show. Um, really appreciate you guys sticking with us here we you know we've had the the growing pains with the new network and everything like that but you guys are still coming to tune in and listen every week whether it's just skyler like it was last week or listening to my terrible sounding voice this week um so we really appreciate you guys and thank you so much for listening every week indeed yeah we always appreciate all the support uh and like we said if you want to go buy t-shirts that goes towards supporting us even more Share this with your friends. Listen to it a billion times. Do something. It's a pretty nice shirt, too. Indeed. And hopefully we can figure out some other designs. I have a couple. I have a couple in mind. And to those 127 people that listened to the solo episode, thank you very much and for coming back. Thank you for not driving. Thank you for having that not drive you away from, from the show. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was a good episode. I enjoyed it. I thought you did a good job. Gracias. Alrighty. Well, that's going to do it for us this week here on Affected for Altitude. I am tired and need to go lie down because I'm still quite sick. So, Skylar, how about you hit him with it? Farewell! Thanks, everybody. <laughs>